Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is on the air. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia for the next two hours talking about the World Series. What an exciting game one. Also hitting the waiver wire plenty to get to as FST starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizapia, here with you on FNTSY Radio. Happy to be here with you guys for the next two hours every single day, Monday through Friday, breaking down fantasy football. Of course, basketball's underway. we got hockey and the World Series going on at Craig Mish at Joe Pizapia 17. Joe, good afternoon, and welcome back to another wild and wacky edition of our show on a Wednesday, which is usually the way we do it on Wednesday. How are you? We're always wacky and wild and fun. We're all those things. And October has got to be the greatest month of sports, right? I mean, you get the NBA starting up. You got the World Series. You got football kind of in the thick of it. Uh, It's just the best. Doesn't hockey start, I think, soon too, right? Hockey's already started. So you got everything going at one time in October. It's great. I love October. It is the best month for sports. Yeah, NBA kicked off last night. A couple uh, exciting games, one overtime game. But I think that the most exciting game last night played in sports in general, Joe, and uh, was the World Series. And certainly uh, the Nationals were the team that kind of stuck it to the Astros yesterday in a very big way. Uh, the final was 5-4 to four in this one. Houston took an early lead as they hit a bomb. And then Nationals came back on Garrett Cole. Juan Soto picked up a few hits. And, uh, and there were some interesting storylines to this one as well. And Houston did come back in this one and actually have an opportunity to tie it. But they got shut down in the ninth inning. Doolittle did his job. And now there's no question that, Joe, tonight the pressure will be on the Houston Astros. And, of course, they do have Verlander on the mound. But nobody had hit Garrett Cole like that for about three, four months. And Washington, they're not hitting home runs, that's for sure. But they certainly are finding ways to manufacture runs. And they did that last night. No, they absolutely did. And um, the fact that they won with Max Scherzer, who I think went out there in the first inning, and I was like, all right, well, you know, first inning, maybe he's overthrowing a little bit. He's a little amped up. And that's what it seemed like. But he just didn't seem to have the the feel that he normally has. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they won that game with Max Scherzer not being at his best, and maybe it was the layoff, maybe out of routine, maybe it was the situation, whatever it is, you know, some nights it's just the way it is. You know it. You've you've been around baseball your whole life. You understand. And and I have, too, that, you know, those guys will tell you all the time they're in the bullpen warming up and they everything feels great. And then they go out there and they got nothing on the mound and then vice versa. Nights where they're warming up and then they get out there and all of a sudden they throw no hitters after they feel like they got nothing in the bullpen session. So the fact that they got a W out of this game without Max Scherzer being dominant, quote unquote, the fact that Ryan Zimmerman and when Garrett Cole left that pitch up to Zimmerman, it was no doubt about it as soon as. As soon as the bat made contact, you could see Cole's reaction to it. It was instant. He knew it was gone. He knew he made a mistake, and Zimmerman took care of it. And Juan Soto continues to just, I mean, I keep gushing over this kid since you and I have been doing the show here on a daily basis. But, I mean, what what more can I say about him? He's so good, and he shows up in big moments. He shows up against big pitchers. I mean, the fact that this kid is so young, Craig, I can't even imagine five years from now how good this player could potentially be. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he definitely is a couple of years ago. 
Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this story on the show, but if I did, sorry. Uh, a couple of years ago, somebody had told me to uh, go look at this 18-year-old kid who is in the minor leagues in Washington. And, you know, again, there's major league games, spring training games going on at the time. So that would require me to go on the backfields and basically skip the game. And it's not something that I always like to do, but I'm like, all right, well, so I look at the list and I see where the single A affiliate of the Nationals is. And I go on the backfield and uh, and I'm told I got to look for this kid, Juan Soto. I'm like, all right, fine. So go to the backfield. The kid, you know, obviously in the one at-bat I see, two at-bats actually, one hits a home run out into the street. And I videoed the whole thing. I actually retweeted it out last night from 2018. And so uh, the awareness in the organization was there. And I don't, I don't think that people give enough credit to what Washington's been able to do in trading for Trey Turner and bringing up Victor Robles from the minor leagues, Juan Soto. I mean, these are international kids that they ended up right. signing. And the Astros have done a good job of that as well. But Washington is right there in that category. They don't have a guy that's going to hit 40 home runs now that Harper is gone. But Soto certainly could be in the 30 home run category without a doubt uh, every single year. The, the only issue with Soto is it's not an issue, but Soto will never be a like 50 home run guy because he just has too much plate discipline. He walks a lot. Well, God forbid, you know right. what? And that's He's never going to be that guy. Time. People are, are wondering, oh, well, you know, people are going to pick Juan Soto to win the home run title. He's never going to win the home run title. He just, oh, no. Well, that's the whole thing. But you know what? This kind of goes, he, he's in that mold to me of, I remember the first time I saw Pujols. I remember the first time I saw, you know, young Miguel Cabrera who came up when he was about 22, if memory serves, with the Marlins. And, you know, you just see them and you go, oh, my God, like this is just incredible. And and Miguel Cabrera was kind of in that mold, too, a guy that might not have been like the 50 home run kind of guy, although he had some big home run seasons later in his career as he got a little bigger and stuff like that, too. But the fact that he can have almost a three, four, five slash as a 20 year old player in the major leagues is astounding. And the other great stat that they threw out there, too, was, you know, the, in the year where there were so many home runs and all this stuff, right? Contact really matters. And the Astros, right? The Astros had the most wins and the Astros were the team that uh, struck out the least amount of times in Major League Baseball. And they're in the World Series. They also had the best pitching and struck out the least. So with the, when all said and done, all of this, you know, oh, the, the ball's juice, this and that, all these things about you know, the ballparks are small, all these things. When all said and done, it's about pitching and putting the ball in play. And if you can do those things with consistency and play good defense, you're going to win baseball games. So all this, you know, great, enormous power number records, all these things that happened this year, that's all fun. But at the end of the day, baseball is still baseball, and the Astros are there because they pitched and they put the ball in play. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah, and, and there was some a little bit of controversy in the uh, in the eighth inning where uh, they had a runner on second base, and Kyle Tucker, George Springer comes up and thinks that he connected on a two run home run and hopped out of the box, and, uh, and instead of potentially getting to third base, and then Altuve could have driven him home on a sacrifice fly, uh, he was forced to stop at second base. Now that's it's very much nitpicking at this point. Because we don't know if Springer would have been able to make it to third. Springer last night after the game said, I wouldn't have been able to make it to third base. There's no question about once he hopped out of the box and didn't run, he would not have been able to make it to third base. But had he run, we don't know the answer to that. But the bottom line is it was a small piece of the puzzle. But that seems to be, Joe, what everybody is focusing in on this morning. And honestly, for good reason, the same thing happened with Ronald Acuna a couple different times this season, not uh, hustling it or right out of the box. So we'll never really fully know the answer to it. I don't think that it's something that will be focused on for the rest of the series, but it does come up in a baseball game. And those little things, Joe, can end up sure, helping always. you or hurting you. And that's, you know, did come up last night after the game. Yeah. And, and, and look, that, that is playoff baseball to its nth degree. But at the same time, I understand the guys who don't want to hustle every time out of the gate or break out of the box fast. And, and I get all that. I get a long season. I get it. But good habits tend to show up in these big moments and bad habits tend to show up in these big moments, too. 
So players, for whatever reason, who play the game a certain way, when we get to these moments in the postseason where every single inch matters, it makes a difference and it shows up. And it's amazing how it shows up every single year, Craig. Yeah, well, Springer's now homered in five straight World Series games. I got no beef with him. It's just uh, a bad decision at that point, and that's, uh, you know, part of the game. All right, uh, so more on the World Series game, two coming up in a little bit. The big story in fantasy football, Joe, is an easy one to get to because there really wasn't a lot yesterday. The big story after we got off the air was Carrion Johnson was placed on the injured list, and and Ty Johnson is a player that we talked about briefly on the show. And and look, I'll be the first one to tell you I tried to grab him in every league that I could, and I didn't get him anywhere. And that has nothing to do with what I'm going to say next. I don't know, man. I have a feeling that this is this is one, another one of those situations, like Houston's running back situation at the beginning of the year, that there's a chance that the running back for the Lions has not presented itself yet. I don't know. I'm I'm I absolutely would buy in on it, but I think that as a fantasy analyst, you got to dig deeper into this one, whether it's a trade or whether it's a name that we haven't heard yet, somebody that gets acquired on the team, maybe somebody added. I don't know. I'm I'm not fully buying in that Ty Johnson is going to be getting 25 carries every game for the next six games. Well, look, J.D. McKissick is limited in terms of what he's able to do. I've seen enough of him, so I don't think he's an every down back. So that leaves you with Trey Carson being the third guy. So if you missed out on Ty Johnson and you are one of these people that was frustrated you missed out, probably nobody picked up Trey Carson. So just pick him up for free agency you know, for free if you can, like in most leagues, and see what happens. See, who knows? Ty Johnson can go out there and pull a hamstring on the very first play of the game. You don't know what can happen. And it's better to be proactive than reactive. It's... At this point, I understand spending a fair amount of budget on um, on Ty Johnson because what if he does just take the job and run with it? What if Carrion struggles to get back on the field? So you take that shot. So I don't have a problem. I bid on him a lot too. We'll see uh, tomorrow morning what happens in some of my leagues. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's I'm not going to believe in this one. Yeah, I'm not going to believe in this one. I'm, I'm going to think that there is somebody yet that we haven't named that hasn't presented itself. Whether it's Barry Sanders. Or there you go. That's the guy. Exactly There's the who guy. I was, exactly who I was thinking of. All right, um, let's do this. We'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today. we got the opening drive coming up next, Waiver Wire Wednesday as well. Joe and Craig back right after this. Don't Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. Yeah, welcome back. It is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Today, Chris Bavona filling in for Sean Guastamaki once again, producing our lovely program today. We're here every day from noon to 2 Eastern on demand on Stitcher and iTunes and Android and, of course, live on Sports Grid and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we talked about the World Series. In case you missed the first segment, we'll do a little bit of a preview of Game 2 coming up in a little bit. But in our first down here on Fantasy Sports Today on the opening drive, we have another trade in fantasy so we can dive in and run through the fantasy ramifications a little bit. Emmanuel Sanders, once upon a time, 
a rock solid wide receiver too in fantasy for a number of years on a couple of different teams. But unfortunately, the Broncos have gone the route of Joe Flacco and a lot of running. And so it does make sense that Denver would ship him out. He goes to the San Francisco 49ers, who after the injury to Goodwin last week, clearly Joe needed a little bit of an upgrade there. Uh, fantasy purposes, I don't know that he gets a huge boost at all in San Francisco. Honestly, they run the ball just as much as Denver does. Uh, but he, but again, uh, good. I think more a better reality trade than a fantasy trade. So I guess, Joe, let's start off with San Francisco, what he does there. And then if you think that there's anybody in Denver now that gets a boost. Well, I think you nailed it, man, because I think when you look at this, there's always that thing when a player gets traded and you know this, there's a shine on them. They get traded to a better team. But what does that mean? And in football, more often than not, it's it's a difficult sell. It's very rare that a player goes to the team and all of a sudden just is fantastic. You know, <laughs> it's like Jay Ajayi got dealt. How did that work out? Uh, you know, even last year, Golden Tate got moved to. It's funny. They all get dealt to the Eagles now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Eagles make a <laughs> Howie Roseman's involved in a lot of. Trade yeah. In there, where players go to die at the trade deadline. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly Ajay- love. Oh, no, actually, Ajay was good in Philly. He was OK. Oh, okay. was he just great in the playoffs? I remember him being he was good. good. He had a one good playoff game. But other than that, he was just OK at best. But there, what happens is there becomes an, um, an artificial inflated sense of value to these players. So if you own them, what Craig said is absolutely right. This is an opportunity to trade Emmanuel Sanders because people will look at it and say, oh, he's going to an undefeated team. Oh my God, what a great scenario. But if you look at the stats, George Kittle has 376 receiving yards. Nobody else on this team has 200. Nobody has 200 and we're already into week eight of the season. I know they had a bye, but still over seven games, that's almost absurd that nobody else besides the tight end has 200 yards receiving on this team. So what Craig's saying is correct. This is still a run first team. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders is better than all these other weapons, but this kills Debo Samuel's value, in my opinion. I think that's the guy that gets hurt the most by this. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders might have a couple good games, but this is an opportunity to sell him higher than his value and bring something else back because this is not necessarily the best place for him to land for fantasy value. I, I'm, it's nice that he's skipping a bye this week, so that, that's a plus, right. but I would get out from under Emmanuel Sanders right now. All right. In terms of Denver, I don't think that this changes one thing or the other for Sutton. He remains the same. Uh, Hamilton is a name that I'm hearing. Hamilton Tim is Pat- a very good player. Tim Patrick is, uh, is you know, a slot type of guy. Uh, I-, I think that with Denver, Joe, you're getting your final week of fantasy this week. I think this is it. Uh, I-, I would consider selling a lot of the weapons there. And they don't really even have any. But if I could, well, I would. I-, I think Locke is, is going to come in very soon I, I i don't think flacco has let's put it this way if he does what he did last week this is going to be the last start that he's going to make i think for the broncos look i i don't disagree with that last year with um a bad quarterback situation too Deshaun hamilton had a really solid end of the season i just want to rattle this off because he was one of my guys coming into this year before the before the uh a miraculous recovery that emmanuel sanders made that i really had my eye on uh because this was his final four games here Seven catches for 47, seven for 46, six for 40, five for 49, two touchdowns over that span. He was very consistent. Basically, he was double-digit PPR every single week that he played, and that's nothing to sneeze at, and that's with a bad quarterback. So even if Locke plays, Deshaun Hamilton definitely has value. You're right. This is the peak time to trade Cortland Sutton. You said it yesterday. I agree. But at the same time, this is a great opportunity to add Deshaun Hamilton on the cheap because this is a guy that's floating around the waiver wire for free 
and you can add him. And I think he can be a contributor in full point PPR in the second half of the year. Yeah. And if not, then you're risking nothing. There's, there's no reason exactly. to not try and Zero take risk. advantage of these things. No, you just pick them up and see. And if nothing, then you cut them. All right. Uh, second down, uh, Diggs, the linebacker on Detroit, was traded yesterday, which which I'm not really sure what that signaled, honestly, to Seattle. And Darius Slay took to social media, of course, and freaked out a little bit. Uh, I don't know about what's going on with Detroit and their depth chart to really understand this, but it's very clear he was one of the team leaders, Joe, and I'm not really sure what the message Detroit was trying to send here. Yeah, Diggs is one of the safeties over there with the Lions, and um, he had some injury issues, and look, they have a lot of depth there, so I think what it came down to is, you know, I think Patricia, it seems like the team just liked some of the guys. They have more. Tavon Wilson's there, Tracy Walker's there, Will Harris, so they had a a plethora of guys that they could play. Um, He was back on the field this week, but it seems like a lot of injuries and just because it seems like a good locker room guy or the guys like him in the locker room doesn't mean that he's doing on the field what everybody else wants him to do. So it just seems like, I don't know, I, I guess it was the perfect storm with it. You know what? We have enough guys. Yeah, maybe nothing to make of it. Yeah. yeah, maybe nothing to make of it, too. I understand you never like when your friends get traded, but, you know, yeah, that, like that was the weird thing. Yeah, I mean, the best either. defensive player on their team popping off like that's that's what caught my eye. You know, when well, you know what? Him. And he should, because no matter what, I think you like that. I think you like the best defensive player saying, hey, this is my guy. And, and that really cements Slay as a, a leader in that locker room, too. It's like, hey, this is us. We're, we're a team and it matters to me. I, it's nice. It's better than him saying, oh, whatever, business is business. You know, I yeah, feel better yeah, about playing yeah, with Slay sure. on those guys. Yeah, maybe maybe nothing to it. We'll see how Detroit and, and also when is the deadline? Is it tomorrow, by the way, the trade deadline? Or is it the next uh, week? I can't see the exact time. I thought it was, you know, it's funny. I They had changed it a few years ago and ever since i can't remember what it is but i, I will, it I will this look week. for sure all right i think it's this week as well all right uh third down this was a sad story to see obviously this was just this is a kick in the gut here uh the star of et you remember the you remember the movie et for those of you who are let's say 30 and above you probably have seen the movie anyway at some point if you're younger than that but if you're 30 and above then you know what we're talking about here uh, or maybe you don't, honestly. It goes back further than 30 years. But E.T., uh, one of arguably the best sci-fi movies of all time at, for its era, uh, Henry Thomas, the star of E.T., ended up getting a DUI in Oregon. Now, uh, Joe, honestly, I don't remember Henry Thomas doing a heck of a lot since E.T. I think he was in uh, a couple of other movies as well. He was in Legends of the Fall, I remember, with Brad Pitt. I remember he was in that. He played one of the brothers. Was he also but, in Close Encounters? Was he the kid in that, too? No. 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 They, all those kids kind of looked the same in the 80s. Yeah, my bad. But I don't know. I just this kind of kicked me this one here, I, I, you know, because I, I remember him as that kid. I'm sure everybody else does, too. But uh, I saw E.T. Joe in the movies. I remember at summer camp going to see it and being like, wow, this is the best movie of, of all time. And then at Disney World, they had the E.T. ride for a number of years. Oh, sure. Uh, he was in Gang of New York, too. That's right. I forgot. I don't so, remember that at all. Look, he's worked. A, he's worked as an actor here for his entire life. So there's a lot of people who worked, who you know, dying to, to make it in the industry. You, you might not have had a movie or a performance as big ever as ET, but sure, my my goodness, I'm looking at the the filmography right now of him. He's worked forever. I guess the moral of the story is, phone Uber. <laughs> Henry Thomas phone Uber. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Like that. See what I did yep. there? I made yeah, that joke. It was the very. It was a very. Woo! All right, uh, fourth down here. I cannot believe that this is happening but yes indeed another fast and furious movie which tells you one thing joe people are still going to see these movies if they keep making more then people keep going we're on almost 20 years of fast and furious movies and joe who is going to star in the next one i don't know they got cardi b in this one because that's where we're at right now with the acting world see see this is why it's hard for real actors to get jobs because cardi b is getting jobs in movies i i can honestly tell you craig 
I have never, from start to finish, seen a Fast and Furious movie. I remember working in the video store in college when the Fast and Furious movies came out. And I remember it being on in the store. And that's the only reason I saw any bit of it whatsoever, because some nincompoop I worked with threw it on. I, I, I've, I, I don't see the appeal. I don't get it. And then the fact they have offshoot movies after it, too. It's unbelievable. I don't get who this appeals to. Who's going, yeah, another Fast and Furious movie. We have more Fast and Furious movies than we do, like, <laughs> we're up to nine. Nine. Oh, I just, I can't. But by the way, I found a good Henry Thomas movie, too, which I did not remember. 1997, Suicide Kings. You ever see that with Christopher Walken? Oh, yes, I did see that. That's yes. a good flick, man. I want to say Jay Moore is in that movie. That and sounds right. People, yeah. They like they like kidnap these bunch of like, frat boy, upper echelon college kids, kidnap a, a mafia boss. That's a good little movie there. Dennis Leary, I think, is in that, too. I like that one. So look at him. He's worked. He's did all right. Yep. Yep. All Maybe right. He'll be in the next Fast and Furious. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, Waiver Wire Wednesday. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? It's hump day. Waiver Wire Wednesday. The NBA season is underway, and you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS+. Plus. You'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to get your 10% off right now. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Hey, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I had one waiver wire run last night in the guillotine league that we've discussed a million times here on the show. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but first, let's talk about standard leagues. Uh, actually, I, I take it back. I had a second waiver wire run last night in another league, and I did not get our first candidate for pickup this week. And then I uh, was uh, was offered a trade, so I want to ask you about this as well. But let's, uh, let's touch on the waiver wire. It is very easy this week. Uh, look. We talked about this earlier in the show. I understand that you should be and you have to go all in fab wise, whether you're a carry on Johnson owner or not on this kid, Ty Johnson. Uh, I get it. It has to be done. He definitely, without a doubt, unless something changes this week, is going to have a ton of fantasy upside. I just am not sold that this is going to be the Lions running back the rest of the season. But you know what, Joe? You're playing in a league. You're four and three. You're three and four. You're two and five. How could you not pick this guy up? And you, I mean, every win is huge. And if this guy in this one week rushes 17 times for 40 yards and a touchdown, that's exactly what you could expect off a waiver wire type guy. And it may get you a win and it is worth the investment. One win in fantasy this time of the year is huge. And so I don't think that there's any doubt. Ty Johnson's a 100% must own player. I just personally think that someone else is going to take the hold of this running back position. 
Well, you're you're you might be right. But at the same time, we have to live in the now. And the now is the Giants stink. And anybody who's run the football against the New York Giants, I want to own and I want to start those guys. So I am all in there. And uh, we'll take one week at a time and I'll speak in platitudes like Bull Durham and I'll use my cliches. Uh, I went back and I tried to watch some film on Ty Johnson to try to get a little bit more of a sense of him. And because uh, I don't get to see as much college football until this year uh, in recent years and um, watching him at Maryland, he kind of he has more of a Maurice Jones drew kind of vibe about him. He's a bigger, lower bodied kind of back, which is something you don't see as often nowadays. It's something maybe 10 years ago was uh, a more popular body type among running backs. Now you see a little bit more of the tinier guys who are very fast. Uh, you'll see a lot more of that. The Alvin Kamara style running backs. But the one thing I'll say about Ty Johnson is, He's a strong kid. Um, he might not have the biggest burst in the world, but I'll tell you what, once he gets going, he's one of these guys that it's not fun to bring down. <laughs> so I, I will say that because he seems like one of these guys that once he's running downhill, he has the ability to break tackles and he's a strong runner. So I'll, I'll say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to fool myself to think I'm picking up the next, you know, guy who sure. like we said yesterday is going to win you a league. But at the same time, Ty Johnson, I think was worth uh, is worth if you haven't had waivers run yet being the number one priority or the guy that you spend a fair amount of fab on at least get the W this week. Yeah, no, I, look, one win is worth everything. And so uh, after not getting Ty Johnson last night, I want to ask you about this trade that we were offered in another league. Uh, yeah. We had the third. They do it waiver, not fab. OK, so we had the third waiver overall. The guy who had number two picked up Ty Johnson. So uh, in our league, we are the proud owner of David Montgomery. So we're just going to hang on to him for now. But the bottom line is, is that we're never playing him again. So the league that we have, we have uh, Brady, McCaffrey, and Carson. We're stacked there, okay? Uh, Diggs and Allen Robinson at wide receiver. We're fine. Tight, yeah. tight end, Andrews. Okay, so good. But the flex position is always somewhere, Joe, where you got to start thinking about upgrading. So Valdez Scantling, when you play him, he does nothing. When you don't, he does great. Josh Gordon, we know he's kind of on the way out. Uh, Daryl Henderson doesn't look like at this doesn't time volume. That's the problem. Yeah. And, and Montgomery, we're just not going to play. I mean, we've decided until we That's see fair. something, we're not going to play Bonifin. We have in case something happens to McCaffrey, uh, Darwin Thompson, we're going to cut this week and we'll pick somebody else up. But we've just been hanging on to him for the whole year. Yeah. You but, the, cut him. but the key yeah. player that we have that the cook owner wants is we have, uh, Alexander Madison. So, uh, you know, we figured between Madison and Darwin Thompson, maybe one of those guys pops off. Let's just throw two darts at the end of the draft. And we did it. None of them have. OK, so Madison is sort of playable in some extreme flex spots. But the guy that has Cook offered us Latavius Murray this week for uh, for Madison. And so my thought process on this, Joe, is the same one as Ty Johnson, which is this. If we find out that Alvin Kamara is out, I think we're going to do this trade because basically what we're doing is we're trying to buy ourselves a win this week, which is sliding Latavius Murray into the flex, sitting Valdez Gantling, understanding, hey, we could be trading a huge lottery ticket in Madison to the guy that has Cook, but that's what a win is worth to me in fantasy. But I think, Joe, we only do the deal if Kamara's out. Because I think if Kamara plays, then what are we really doing here? I mean, why, why yeah. would we be getting Murray? I don't, I don't know that there's a huge I tend to agree with that logic. Uh, right now, the last news we have from Ian Rappaport was that uh, he was not ruled out yet, Kamara, for week eight. So we're still waiting on that. Plus, you have that bye week coming up after. See, see, this is the thing. You're putting a lot of chips in to win right now for this one week. But it could... By trading back. Madison, though? No, well, by trading for... Mur well, here's the thing. Madison plays even you know when cook is out there sometimes and it has been very game plan specific i will grant you that um what's your record in this league four That's and three 
four and three, it's worth it to me. Like this yeah, is a I think huge at four and three possibility. At four and yeah, three, if we're six and one, it. we don't do it. If we're one and five, does it matter? One and well, six. Well, here's the thing. What did we learn last week from the Cardinals? It's just because a guy is playing doesn't mean he's going to play. Oh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. So that was that was my deep Zen moment right there. I hope everyone followed me with that logic. <laughs> so, but I, you know what I'm talking about. I'm all about well, buying one you know, win. I, I am in on that. And, I'm okay and, with buying one win. I think. I think but, but Kamara's got to be out, right? Kamara plays and he's active. Yeah, no, well, no point in this. What is on your waiver point? wire? Because I understand you holding Nothing. Bonifan. Nothing. Oh, no, we're definitely holding Bonifan. I'm not, we can't take that. <sighs> I don't know. See, I, I look at that and I'm saying, I don't know. What are the other guys? We have Darwin Thompson, too. Well, that's what I mean. You got a lot of cuttable guys, too. So I would be I would be ahead of the curve here. And the trade deadline, by the way, to follow up with everybody is actually on the 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So you have till next Tuesday, which is what I I thought we were in, but I couldn't remember if it was this week or next. I knew it was four o'clock. So that's all I remembered. Couldn't remember if it was the 23rd or the 29th. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you who's available. And there's no need. I mean, look, there's a reason to drop Darwin Thompson. I mean, I would drop Darwin Thompson for Deshaun Hamilton right now. Right now. I do that. Yeah, but we need an extra running back. I mean, that's that's really what we need. Uh, Burkhead. Samuels on Pittsburgh, Adrian Peterson, uh, Barber, Bernard, the crazy name on Tampa, Dion Lewis. Yeah, Washington, this guy in the Raiders who played a little bit more. Procise. No, it's bad. Uh, uh, The backup for Atlanta now is Brian Hill. Yeah, but the flex, why wouldn't in a PPR you want to play the wide receiver anyway? I'd rather I'd play Valdez Scantling over over Hamilton. It wouldn't be particularly close. Oh, no, if, I, if, would, if Gordon was healthy, I'd play him over Valdez. Or uh, well, over, you gotta uh, hope that Gordon gets healthy. I think this takes a lot of pressure off Gordon to just get healthy, and also it takes a lot of pressure off him because if Sanu's on the field, I think that's another weapon that you really have to pay attention to as a defense. Not that Sanu is a game changing Julio Jones kind of wide receiver, but at least it's a legitimate threat that yeah. you know this guy's yeah. a capable guy. <laughs> they don't have the second capable guy really. Okay, so too much time spent on on that subject. We haven't we haven't gotten to anyone else. Uh, Joe, give me a couple other names to add in fantasy this week if they're on the wire. I don't see anything beyond Ty Johnson. That's like you must run to the wire for. No, I don't think you run to the wire, but we are in that time of year where a lot of people start to fade off of making moves and you might be able to get guys on the cheap. And this is also kind of like what you were saying. Well, you're four and three or whatever. Just try to get a guy that's going to help you win this week. Zach Pascal has had a couple of weeks here, not a lot, but a couple of weeks where he was very useful. If teams continue to just double team T.Y. Hilton, he's going to be open and Bursette has shown that he can throw the ball to him. Uh, this week, these guys are kind of in a slash together as number three for me. And it's because Fuller's out. Yes, of course, it's going to be all the DeAndre Hopkins, we hope. But Kiki QT and Kenny Stills have value this week. They have value in daily fantasy this week in tournaments, and they also have value as flex plays with the matchup they have against the Raiders. If we've learned anything about the Raiders last week, it's quarterbacks who know how to throw the football are going to expose them big time. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. Mark Walton, who we talked about uh, yesterday a little bit with the Dolphins. I know K1 Balazs got the touchdown. I understand that's frustrating. At the same time, I think you have to look at what's the carry volume and what's the potential here that maybe more of those guys do get moved on. Maybe Kenyon Drake goes away. Maybe Kalen Blanche goes away. Who knows? All I know is that Mark Walton is starting to trend in the right direction, so it doesn't hurt to add another running back. He's not available in that league, I'm assuming, too, right? No, he's not talking about. Okay. Uh, and the last one is Kareem Hunt, who is already able to practice. And there's a good chance he's floating around the waiver wire, and he's a better chance that when you sort through stats, he doesn't pop up. And that's one of those funny things, you know, you're like, well, he doesn't pop up because he doesn't have any projected stats this week. And he doesn't pop up when you sort through free agents because because he hasn't played this year. So he might be buried on a waiver wire somewhere and you might be able to pick him up for absolutely nothing and just see what happens. It's a bad matchup this week. After this week, he's back in week 10. Uh, so we're two weeks away from that, but he's already practicing with the team. 
I think Kareem Hunt is worth a dart throw at this point where we are in the season. Chubb's been very good, but it doesn't mean Kareem Hunt can't be a double-digit PPR guy because historically he can show you he can catch a lot of the back. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I have a couple of names just to add to the list. If somebody cut Kenyon Drake and you can stash him for a week to see if he gets traded, like as an example, if he ends up in Detroit, like, wow, that, that could certainly boost his value quite a bit. I would say that from a talent standpoint, Drake is above Ty Maybe that's the guy who's not in Detroit yet that you're talking about. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to find that out, honestly. Like that's that that yeah, has, you're I, Mr. I would Miami. have interest there. Come yeah, I, I have interest there. If that is indeed the case, I could I could see Drake succeeding in Detroit. Like he can catch passes and he can run. He, look, he just fell out of favor in Miami. He's a little bit, honestly, no disrespect, a knucklehead, a little bit of one. Uh, was in the past, but he's a free agent. I think he's got to realize at the end of the season his NFL career was on the line. He's got to do something this year. Uh, and then Wendell Smallwood, I know he's not a popular name, but Thompson is hurt and Peterson is hurt. And so, I mean, are you really going to start Smallwood on a Thursday night at Minnesota? Probably not, but uh, he's a starting running back potentially in the NFL this week. So on Wednesday, you could make that decision. Honestly, this is one of the easier ones. If you have no other options, you just see who the inactives are. If Smallwood is the only guy and he's active, maybe you get yourself six, seven points on Thursday night. So that would be the uh, other addition. But beyond that, not a lot. No, All it's right. definitely a weaker week for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, not a huge waiver wire week overall, but a very big player. Look, Ty Johnson has to be considered a very big player, but as a starting running back potentially is on the wire. As I said, I'm not buying it, but at the, but I, I think it is the process is correct. You have to go for this player without a doubt. All right, coming up next, it's time for a little trust or bust. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. And welcome back. It's time for a little trust or bust on this Wednesday. Time to have a little fun with this. And you guys know how it works in fantasy What Joe and I will do is we will go through everything that is going on in the world of fantasy football as it pertains to uh, players that you could start or sit in week eight. And that's how we roll here on the show. So let's kind of get right to it here, Joe, and find out who you like in week eight. We got a Thursday night game. And then, of course, we got some very, very intriguing starts on Sunday as well. A couple of teams off in terms of the bye Uh, And then we'll get to maybe Arizona's running back situation as well, because I want to touch on that. So let's get started with a must start in a lot of leagues up until last week. And then the weather came in and it became questionable. Washington's always a very unpredictable offense. They uh, have not been great. Terry McLaurin was a first half darling and has looked like maybe the best waiver wire ad of the season. We discussed that yesterday on the show. If you you missed it, go back on demand. But now he's at Minnesota this week, and a lot of people have him penciled in as their wide receiver three. Can you trust that this week, Joe, or does he end up being a bust? I absolutely trust. 
I you take last week, you throw it out the window. Who cares? That was a terrible situation there. Nobody could move on that field. It was so soaked with rain. Uh, Case Keenum going back into Minnesota with something to prove. Look, yeah, I, I'm, I, narrators are fun to talk about, but I think you have to trust him just because if you look at the game log, it's just productivity after productivity. The one bad game he had was last week. And you certainly can't blame that on him. And the other one, he was coming off of an injury, which I really can't even throw that much on him, but he still had eight points against New England. So you can't really blame that on him either. It was against the Patriots, right? And it was against the 49ers, the two best defensive teams in their respective conferences. And how are we going to get on him for that? Every outside of that, five for 125 in a touchdown, five for 62 in a touchdown, six for 70 in a touchdown. Four for 100, two touchdowns. I mean, you got to trust this guy. I'm sorry. I understand it's a tough place to play. I get it. But Keenum's played in that building plenty, so I, I'm not too worried about him. I, I think it's a trust. Okay. I, I certainly hope so. He's a big part of uh, one of the teams that I have, too. And even if he just gets garbage time, that's all we need. All right. Is this the week? Keenan <laughs> Allen of the Chargers, who you know it's coming. It's going to come. It's going to happen. Keenan Allen's going to have 15 catches and 200 yards in a game between now and the end of the season. It will happen. Mark it down. Take a picture. Write it down. Put it in pen, pencil, however you want. But it hasn't happened the last few weeks, and he's at the Bears this week. But I don't know. Is the Bears defense even that formidable anymore? Good questions, because Teddy Bridgewater tore him up a little bit. Keenan Allen, fantasy football trust or bust this week at Chicago. I'm going to say bust, but you have to play him anyway. I'm going to go with bust. That offensive line is the real problem now. The Phillip Rivers not having enough time to throw them not being able to run the football because the offensive line has had so many injuries on it and that's hurting them too. So if you can't get Melvin Gordon going now, this is an intriguing week with Melvin Gordon because what? Well, it's intriguing. No, here's why. No, no, wait, hear me out. He's intriguing week with Melvin Gordon for two reasons. Number okay. one, because the line's been bad and everyone's negative and those owners that waited for him probably are, are close to out of it, if not done already. So there's opportunity because the last two running backs that played against the Bears had very good days. Now, granted, their offensive lines were healthier, but there's an opportunity to, I think, get Melvin Gordon for nothing and just see what happens the rest of the year because I think people look at this matchup and automatically throw their hands up. But if you look at Latavius Murray, you look at Josh Jacobs, the last two guys to face them, they tore them up. They tore up this Bears rush defense. So the Bears have a good defense. Their problem is they're on the field too damn much because they can't move the chains on offense. But going back to Keenan Allen, I don't trust him right now because I don't think Rivers has enough time to get Keenan Allen the football right now. It's it's a it's difficult situation. So you play him, but look elsewhere for points. And not and not in your DFS lineups this week. Oh, no, God, no, no. Okay. No. All right. Jacksonville uh, showed a little bit of a wrinkle last week as Minshew uh, decided, hey, we're giving DJ Shark all this love all season long. Let's mix in D.D. Westbrook and... Boy, what a nice game he had last week against Cincinnati. The question is, was it just Cincinnati? Because here come the New York Jets this week, and Jacksonville is at home. The Jets, of course, coming off Monday night. They did not look good. Who knows which way the Jets are going to go this week, but is D.D. Westbrook a player that you can start as a wide receiver three in fantasy this week? Trust or bust, D.D. Westbrook? I'll tell you what. I like him more as a flex than as a wide receiver three. But I think if you're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit, uh, I think you trust him. I do. Uh, it's, it's a little trust. It's a it's not a capital T. It's a lowercase T with trust. But I, I do because I think this is also part of Minshew starting to feel more comfortable. If they realize that 
DJ Shark is the guy that he's favored and they're going to take him away. You want to see him be able to pivot to D.D. Westbrook and make plays. And he did. And I think that's a really big deal. It doesn't show up in the box score necessarily, but that's a really big deal for quarterback and his development showing you, hey, you want to take that guy away? Well, I'm going to make this guy relevant and I'm going to still get the football to the open receiver. And I think D.D. certainly has that opportunity against the Jets, uh, you know, especially in the slot there. I don't think the Jets really cover in the slot all that well. So I'm going to say lowercase T trust with D.D. this week. All right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago before the bye week, Curtis Samuel came alive Been waiting for that for a couple of years, scored two touchdowns, Curtis Samuel out of nowhere. And now this week he gets the matchup at the San Francisco 49ers. There are going to be a lot of people throwing him back into lineups this week at flex and wide receiver three, Curtis Samuel, fantasy football trust or bust this week. This is a difficult one because I like what Samuel brings. He's kind of, you know, on that team you just mentioned before that you're trying to find out, he's like the perfect guy, that boomer bust guy. He's kind of like MVS in that sense, too. It's an all or nothing play with Samuel. He's either going to have that touchdown in that big game or he's going to be like three for 19 yards. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of his MO. I don't think it's a terrible play this week. Um, you would also hope that off the bye that everybody's healthy and everyone's feeling good about themselves and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, I think this is another lowercase T with the trust. How do you feel about Curtis Samuel? Be honest, because, you know, it's, I, it's I think I'm going to throw him back go. in. I think I'm going to throw him back in there. I, I think that something was uh, developing. So I, I think it's interesting. Well, yeah, if I you're mean, the 49ers, I always like to look at it this way. I always think, okay, you're the 49ers. What's your game plan to beat the Carolina Panthers, Craig? Well, obviously, you know. Right. You know, you, you so know. who gave you that game plan? The game plan has been given to you basically twice now by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you do whatever the Bucs did, to slow down Christian McCaffrey, which is possible, him, which is you possible. can slow him down. Yeah. If all of your focus is on him, that certainly means less focus on Curtis Samuel. So the, he should see single coverages all day. He should see a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity, at least at the very least. So I don't think it's a terrible play, but I'm curious. How do you feel about McCaffrey this week? I know you're a McCaffrey owner. Do you feel good yeah, about him against the 49ers or are you a little worried? Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel good about it. I feel good about him in every in every situation. Yeah. Okay. I mean, even in those games where he got slowed down, he still got touchdowns. So I guess that, that's what you, one thing you take away from that, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, you, you give me the floor for McCaffrey this week. It's 12 points, you know, like it's not going to be lower than that ever. No. Oh God. No. I mean, just by accident, he's 12 points. Yeah. Because like 40 yards, a touchdown two catch Like it's like, he is so rock solid. The number one guy that there's never going to be a worry. Um, will he have 40 point games every week, Joe? I don't think so. Will he have it a 40 point incredible. game against San Francisco? No chance, right? But that game log of McCaffrey is incredible when you oh, look at it because it's, well, it's like girly of uh, like two years ago. But the most incredible part is those two Tampa games 16 carries for 37 yards, 22 carries for 30, yeah, but, but still, how many fantasy points? 15, well, that's 20, the thing. games. The second one he saved a lot more. The second one he saved because he had uh, two touchdowns, had the long one, one, yeah. He had the long one there. He had the 25-yard touchdown catch. Uh, but in that first game, he had zero touchdowns, and he had only two catches for six. That first one was a real turd. Now, granted, it was a Thursday night game, too. You can take what you will from that. But that is fascinating that one team, and of all teams, Tampa, and and look, they are ranked, I want to say, number two or something against the run this year. That, that's one of the things the Tampa Bay Bucks, despite all of their problems, they've done right this year. 
they've been very good against the run and not just like oh hum running back like Christian McCaffrey they've been really good if they could just stop turning the damn football over they could be a very good football team but alas they just can't yeah all right uh, our final trust or bust any Kansas City running back against Green Bay any Kansas City running back that you trust to go against the Packers this week fantasy football trust or bust Joe uh, I'm going to say McCoy because I think when you have to pivot down to Matt Moore, you have to kind of understand, well, you need to run the football a little bit more. And, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise because I keep saying they need to run the football anyway. And I think maybe it's just them wanting to be aggressive because of the talent that Patrick Mahomes has, or maybe just Mahomes calling his own number sometimes and saying, no, let's check out, you know, out of this running play and go to, you know, throw the football. I don't know. But LaShawn McCoy would be my guess if I'm going to trust one of them. I don't trust anyone named Williams in that backfield. And this is another one, too, where I just keep looking at it. And I know this sounds crazy, but what uh, a reuniting of the Chiefs and Kareem Hunt at this point after he served his suspension would no, be the no, worst no, thing no, in the no, world? No, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. I don't know. If you're the Browns, that's an interesting trade chip because I don't know if you're going anywhere. It is, for, but it's not Kansas City, Joe. Can you I mean, trade a player who's on happened there? Um, that's a good I don't even question. Know if you could do that, I, I don't know the answer, I but that that, that chip has sailed with the the domestic violence, and they're, they're never taking him back. I, I'll I, I'll leave a one percent for anything in sports. Why the would, Mets took Jose Reyes back after his domestic violence? Uh, yeah, but they didn't cut. Jose. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, they, did they did get rid of Jose Reyes. And they took him back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, they yeah, they did. They did. Uh, um, Aroldis Chapman. It would it would seem to be unlikely. That's what I would say. I'm just saying but, there we have a, a a fair amount of history with that happening where players had issues like that, and either another team or the same team took them back eventually after they served their time, quote unquote. Now. I I don't know if you can trade a player in the NFL on suspension. It never comes up. <laughs> no, so it doesn't. I, no. I would imagine you can. They just have to keep serving the suspension, right? It, it, it sounds fair, but we just don't know the answer for sure. Uh, okay, uh, this is not a trust or bust. Real quick, Joe, let's get to another quick story from yesterday. Arizona signed Alfred Morris. He's popped around the league now for the last couple of years. And, uh, and I think that this just clouds uh, David Johnson's situation a whole lot more. It would seem to me that Chase Edmonds, he may not be the top running back in all of fantasy to start this week, but he is a rock solid, I would say, fringe RB1, no doubt RB2, right? Moving forward at this point, it's got to be. Um. Well, wait for for Alfred Morris or for Chase Edmonds? You mean? Well, for Chase Edmonds, oh, seeing okay. the Alfred Morris news, I mean that. Oh that's, yeah. Oh, the Alfred Morris. Oh, that's great. I mean, he's just a body. He's like Mike Davis. You know, at this point, it's like guys that you know, guys that were running backs five years ago for a thousand. Alex, like that's that's all this is. That's nothing to really look at, and it's smart. It it tells you a lot more about David Johnson. Right. Self, that's the signal. Yeah. It's yeah. the signal that DJ owner should be panicked at the very least. So. Yeah, yeah, I I think that Edmonds at this point becomes one of the most interesting guys in fantasy football based on the week that he had last week and the volume that he had, for sure, no question. All right, that'll uh, do it for this hour of the show. Coming up next, what we'll do is we'll play the best of our first hour, and then we'll be back for hour number two, preview the World Series in Game 2, give you some buy lows and sell highs. Also, guys, don't forget, if you're listening to the show live, that is cool, certainly on the iHeartRadio app or FNTSY app as well. Remember, on demand, iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Audioboom.com. You can subscribe and like this podcast, and then it'll get sent and populated right to your phone or iPad or wherever you listen every single day, and that's what we like. Make sure you give us five stars if you're listening on a place on a place that 
you could leave a review. Make sure you drop our names in the reviews as well. We really very much would appreciate that for the work that we do for you guys every single day here on FNTSY. We'll be back with the best of the first hour and then hour number two right after this. To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. I think, Joe, we only do the deal if Kamara's out, because I think if Kamara plays, then what are we really doing here? I mean, why, why yeah. would we be getting Murray? I don't, I don't know that there's, a I tend to agree with that logic. Uh, right now, the last news we have from Ian Rappaport was that uh, he was not ruled out yet. Kamara for week eight. So we're still waiting on that. Plus you have that bye week coming up after. See, see, this is the thing you're putting a lot of chips in to win right now for this one week, but it could by trading back. Madison though. No. Well, by trading for Mur- Well, here's the thing. Madison plays, even, you know, when Cook is out there sometimes. And it has been very game plan specific. I will grant you that. Um, what's your record in this league? Four That's and three. Four and three. It's worth it to me. Like this yeah, is a I think huge at four and three possibility. Is worth it. At four and yeah, three. Yeah, if we're I six and one, it. we don't do it. If we're one and five, does it matter? One and well, six. Well, here's the thing. What did we learn last week from the Cardinals? Just because a guy is playing doesn't mean he's going to play. Oh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. So that was, that was my deep Zen moment right there. I hope everyone followed me with that logic. <laughs> so, but I, you know what I'm talking about. I'm all about you know, buying one you know, win. I, I am in on that. And, I'm okay I, with buying one win. I think, I think but, also. Kamara's got to be out, right? Kamara plays and he's active. Yeah, no, well, no what point else is on your waiver point? wire? Because I understand you holding Nothing. Bonifan. Nothing. Oh, no, we're definitely holding Bonifan. I'm not, we can't take that. <sighs> I don't know. See, I, I look at that and I'm saying, I don't know. What are the other guys? We have Darwin Thompson, too. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand. This is FNTSY Radio 